Hello, everybody. I just want you to be aware I will be at Falls View Casino in Niagara Falls on February 7th, a Saturday night. Go to fallsviewcasinoandresort.com, find out the information, and you better show up. Because if you don't, you may find a horse's head in your bed. Speak softly loud So no one hears us but the sky The vows of love we made We live on till we die My life is yours And I'll be cold You came into my world With love so softly loved Good evening everyone, we're back it's the Rat Pack. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not the Rat Pack. That's the wrong show. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Hollywood Godfather podcast with the Rat Pack. <laughs> There's three of us here, too. Anyway, um, here we are with another great show. And we're going to dedicate this show. We're probably going to do this maybe once a month. We're getting such mail, and we want to combine you in our show. So you keep sending it in. We're going to be talking to you, and hopefully you'll visit us. And may, we may even come visit you. But we're thinking of dedicating one show a month to answer your questions and hear what you are requesting and and go forward and even do those shows geared to what you really want to see or hear. Mm -hmm. So with that said, let them fire. All right, let's go. So first I want to start with a message we received from someone named Lynn. I'm going to summarize it because it was a bit lengthy, but I definitely want to share it. So she said she's basically waiting for a kidney transplant, and decided to do her family tree, which she's been wanting to do for a long time, but has more recently realized how short life is due to her illness. So she said she especially loved your lamb stories and about how you found out about your family in Italy. She has an Italian background, but those who are left in her family don't know much about her heritage. So in regards to this, she thanks you for talking about the Catholic Church and records which gave her hints as to how to track down her heritage. Um, So finally she says, So I wanted to thank you for giving me hope. I listen to you every night and look forward to hearing you every week. Thank you for sharing your stories and the family tree hint. Lynn. Lynn, I'll be praying for you every night, girl. Believe me. Yeah, that was nice. That was very very nice to you. Yeah, very sweet. And anyway, please stay in touch with us, man. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. God bless you. Yeah, it was a sweet message. All right, next one is from Tylee. For Gianni, Tylee says, what was your relationship like with Dean Martin? Also, this is seriously the best podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Dean Martin, I could talk I could talk about him all, all the whole show. Out of everybody I met in the celebrity uh, life, let's say, and he was both, you know, entertainer, had his own television show, movie actor, nightclub performer, the, the gentleman of gentlemen, the best dressed, and don't mess with him. This, I mean, he came out of the Purple Gang. He was a, a guy that, you know, knew how to handle himself. He fought under the name of Kid Crockett. Mm-hmm. He was a light heavyweight and uh, did a lot of errands for the mob early on. They took a liking to him one day, listening to him humming in, in, a, in a club that, you know, he comes from Youngstown. Mm. And uh, they... Fixed his nose for him because <laughs> it was messed up from fighting. And the rest is history. But uh, I, I really liked the guy, and he was a very good friend of mine. In fact, the shoes that I wear, everybody comments on my, my uh, 
velvet slippers. Mm. He introduced them to me because he had a back back pain all the time, and I had a problem with my left side of my body, the arch of my left foot, and these soft shoes are so much easier than me wearing shoes for 10 to 12 hours a day, which Mm -hmm. I do. But Dean is the gentleman of gentlemen, died the worst death in the world, and I don't mind sharing that Sinatra put him in a lot of that pain. Why? Sinatra defriended him. Why? About after his son died, which is ironically, his son, he convinced his son to join the Air National Guard. Don't go to war. Yeah, yeah. Rather than be drafted into Vietnam. A lot of people did that. Right. So, but the kid died in a plane crash doing a drill for the Air National Guard. And most people don't know that. Dean never got over it. Which is more ironic. His son hit the mountain in Palm Springs 50 feet away from Frank Sinatra's mother. Right. They both died in the same mountain. And I don't understand why Frank didn't just want to hug this guy. Well, he, what was the reason that he unfriended him? They had a well, like that. I was there, unfortunately. It was in, it was in uh, Chicago. Dean was a lot, a lot on Percodan and drinking. And he came on stage that night totally drunk. Mm. And they replaced him with Liza Minnelli. And they never got over it. Because that one incident? I, I, I don't know. Because Sinatra, you know, I, I can't speak for Frank why he did it. I don't know. But that was, that was it. You're done. You're drunk and You bummed. know that story you told me, Gianni, uh, I think about it uh, because I've watched uh, the uh, Dean Martin roast on YouTube a lot. Right. When I want to laugh, I watch him over and over again. They're hilarious. Oh, he's but the anyway, best. The story that you told me about the uh, tourist, uh, uh, he was pointed out to tourists. Hey, you want to see Dean Martin? And he walked into the bar and he was asleep on a table. Oh, oh my God, oh, yeah. Oh, no way. How? Oh. I broke my heart. Oh, my God. La Familia restaurant, that guy should die of brain cancer, the worst death in the world. Oh. He took advantage of it. It was on Cannon Drive. Dean ate there every night. His driver would take him there, and they'd sit him at the front table near the bar, and by that time he was wearing glasses as thick as Coke glasses. Mm. And lost a lot of weight. He was totally depressed. Just wasn't doing because well. of his son. Uh, yeah, because he felt he convinced his kid to his death. Oh, that would be tough. That would be yeah. really hard to live with. And then have his friends. Sammy died. Frank abandoned him. It was a terrible situation. So what happened that night? I just went. I went there a lot. Anytime I was in Beverly Hills, I used to go there just to sit with him. But this guy would, after a while, just fall asleep at this table. Mm. And his driver wasn't coming back for another hour. Nor, and I, I got the restaurant guy a couple of times. Said, Listen, why don't you call his driver? You have the number. Right. He left him there to have people. He was outside. He wanted to see Dean Martin. Oh, he, he used, him, he used him as a tourist attraction. That's really sad. But anyway. Mm. But Dean was the best. Mm. Let's, yeah, let's uh, leave on a high note with Dean. Yeah, yeah right. All right, next one is from Margaret for Gianni. Margaret asks, did you know... I know Margaret well. She's here. (laughs) (laughs) Think a different Margaret. Oh, okay. Did you know Sinatra's hairstylist, Jay Sebring, and or have any stories about him? Jay Sebring, yeah. Jay Sebring was a a, a hairdresser to the stars. Jay Sebring, Gene Chacov, all those guys. And with Sinatra, Sammy Davis, and Dee Martin, they all chipped in 
to create their own watering hole, which was amazing. It was on Cannon Drive. Now it's right next, it would be right next to the Rodeo Collection. But those days, it was next to the Luau. Al Mathis had this great Polynesian restaurant. It was amazing. Mm. And they opened an actual candy store next to it. And it was called the Candy Store. And, gotcha. during, and during the day, they sold candy. And then at 10 o'clock at night, when you went in the candy store, if you were a member, you go past the counter and go in the back room. It was a full-blown nightclub, two stories. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. That's amazing. And, and why? It started as a joke, telling their wives, I'm going to go get the kids candy. That's hysterical. And they used it. It was fabulous. But you they were how, all owners. You know, you know how Jay Sebring met his end, right? How was that? The Manson family. He was there that night. That's right. That they, that yep. they killed uh, uh, Sharon Tate. Sharon really? Tate, yeah. Oh, yeah. Abigail, Abigail Folger. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Five people killed. He was one of them. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. He was a big player. In fact, I loved the, I loved the movie Shampoo. Because the, sh- the movie, did you ever see the movie? Oh, it was great. Yeah, Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty, he was the hairdresser to all the stars. Okay. They said that was about him, him, Jay, and and um, Gene Shakov. Oh. Gene Shakov was one of the most famous hairdressers, like Kenneth and them. Mm. But he was a straight guy. Not, huh. you know. I believe I believe Jay uh, Sebring tried to make a run for it, and he m- made it out to the lawn, and they cut him down. Wow. Oof. No, it's hard. Yeah. And they, what they did to Sharon Tate oh. shouldn't even be repeated. Mm-mm. Oh, I know his sister yet. She will. Oh. Yeah. All right. Moving on R. to the I. next Jess. one. Yeah. So the next one is from Carlise for Gianni. Carlise says, I discovered your podcast from the Mob Queens podcast, in which Gianni was a guest talking about Anna Genovese. My question is Mob wives, women, and girlfriends, what are their roles and how many are involved or distant? Any mob women that stand out aside from Anna Genovese? No, you know, mob wives basically are really under the radar. She's a, a rarity, and uh, Pat knows a lot about her also. But um, I, I can't say she and, and what's her name's daughter, Jane Connor's daughter, who's a total maniac. I, didn't, I never got really involved with wives, we never even looked at. Mm. There was such a respect. And they were never brought to clubs or anything else. And if they went to weddings, they were had their place at the table. And most of the time, you know, were sent home by a driver or something if the guys went out later. But mob wives... Uh, Stayed under the radar. Yeah, we're way under the How radar. about more recently? Wait, wait. I don't know if it's still on, but I know a couple years ago there was a show called Mob Wives. Yeah, but yeah. that's all those kids boy, and daughters. This is some of wives, oh, some of girlfriends, oh, some of daughters. Ridiculous. Yeah. You think it's ridiculous? Oh, my God, no. No class, no style. I hope they're all listening to it. <laughs> uh, and that, I'm a big Ange. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so you are familiar. I know them well. Okay. They're real people. I, I, you, the I know they're first, real people, no, but I was wondering uh, what you thought about Ruggiero, that. Ruggiero, her father was a made guy. Sammy the Bull's daughter is on the show. Everybody. I mean, they're real guys. can't guy. say I've ever watched it, but I'm like slightly familiar. No, no, I knew all time, about I, the it. The first time I saw Big Ange, I didn't know what to make of her. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I thought she was a heat. Yeah. I, well. Uh, and, but you know, yeah, no, she, she just I mean, smoked like six packs a day. That's how yeah. she got that voice. But yeah, her voice is She was appropriately named Big Ange. Mm-hmm. Well, was, uh, and she no died a miserable death early yeah. on. She was she, she got that voice from smoking. Oh. 
and she, she basically lived out her life at the end oh, of Oh, I didn't show. know she passed away. Oh, well, yeah. Part of the storyline was her dying. Oh, okay. I never followed it closely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. Next one is from Joanna for Gianni. Joanna says, who do you think was the best actor of your generation? Actor? Mm-hmm. Of my generation? Mm-hmm. Well, that encompasses a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I selfishly have to say Marlon Brando. I think that's me. a good answer. I mean, Marlon and then the other two guys, uh, De Niro and Pacino, they're all, that's a, that's a big mix. Yes, See, the Irishman got nominated to choose for from. a Golden Globe today. Yeah, well, who, who didn't know that was going to happen? Who got well, nominated? De Niro, well, the, the picture was nominated, but the De Niro was uh, left out of the uh, acting uh, uh, nominations. Uh, they nominated uh, Pacino and Joe Pesci. Right. Really? Well, Joe Pesci the got supporting. supporting. They left out De Niro. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you right now, kind of and I don't want to belabor the, the uh, Irishman, but some of the, I don't know if you read the review in the Post last week. They buried it. Buried the film? Yeah, said it was too I liked long. it. Oh, you saw it? What, said oh, it was too long? Yeah, I, I saw they just said it was uh, overdone. We've Netflix. seen it before. Really? Yeah. I saw it people, last week. Yeah, anyway. I saw it a couple days after it came out. Oh, you did too? I, I did. I spread it out over two days, but I saw it. Oh, I watched it in one night, and it was definitely, I was falling asleep by the end, but okay. I started it too late in the day. But I liked it. Good. As long as you found it entertaining. Hey, I'm in the film business, so. Mm. And we got a big film coming up, so I want to make sure everybody loves the genre. I, I mean, I'm that's, selfishly that's though. A in a way, who doesn't, who doesn't love gangsters? Yeah. No, but the bottom line, selfishly in my subconscious mind, I didn't want it to replace The Godfather as the best film. Well, that, yeah, I don't well, think anything can, can replace. I don't that think that mind. could happen. Well, it could have. We didn't know. Uh, well, in the, my mind, I was thinking about the cast was so overwhelming. Yeah. So, but yeah. Godfather's too classic. Yeah. All right. Next one. Is from Sam. Sam says, um, Sam asks, do you know all of the current bosses of the five families? No. Okay. Don't want to either. <laughs> I figured you, the you mean, the, you mean the five families in New York, yes. obviously, yeah. Yes. You, know, you don't know who's the boss. You don't know who the front boss is. You don't know who the street boss is. Yeah. These guys have a target on their backs. This Even is like all, it's all, it's being, up the paper, there was the boss of the yeah. Genovese family. There's there definitely the lists the online, but you never know if they're yeah. accurate or not. Or no, it's, a, it's accurate right now. It's, it's, they were called in and everybody regrouped and slow down and stay home. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That probably needed to be done. All right. Next one is from Bryant for Gianni. Bryant says, there's a fairly big rumor around Denver that there was an ongoing affair between Mike Shanahan and Annabelle Boland, Pat Boland's wife. <laughs> Supposedly, Pat knew of the affair but looked the other way as long as the Broncos were winning. But in truth, the minute they stopped winning, it was a big reason why Mike was fired in the end. Do you have any insight to this rumor? Well, I have a lot of insight in that. <laughs> you think it's us you want to share it? Yeah, I'll share some of it because, number one, Annabelle, well, I mean, Pat Boland was a big player. Okay. He had he had two other families at the same time with Annabelle. Really? And I think it just I, it's an unwritten knowledge that I think they just both turned their heads. You go where you're going. Well, don't forget these are two. They're two wealthy people to begin with. They were in the lumber business. Pat came to America from Canada to become a citizen because you can't buy an NFL team. I don't know if people know this. Without being it. And when he was bought the team, he, he bought it for $17 million. Oh. 
And I said, I said the same thing. Oof. Yeah. It's worth a billion dollars oh now. Wow. A billion dollars. That's crazy. And the sad part, I mean, I know Pat well. In fact, we spent so much time with Pat and Shanahan when we were doing Any Given Sunday. I mm. took Pacino up there with, with um, Oliver Stone, and Pacino fell in love with Shanahan and became Shanahan as the coach. Okay. So the next time you watch Any Given Sunday... It's Mike Shanahan. Okay. But, uh, no, I mean, that's what I know about it. I'm, I'm sure. But I know Shanahan, too. Shanahan's, I don't think Shanahan was a player. I think yeah. Annabelle was. But I don't know if he would do that. Hmm. That that sounds more of a, a farce. So it's still yeah, that's, that's, that's That's almost like incest, you know? Yeah, and not only that, because Shanahan had a big contract. I don't think he'd want to get fired by the Boland family. Exactly. Oh, okay. Got it. All right, next one is from Marcus. Marcus asks for Gianni, who has been your favorite pope to date? The main man, John Paul. St. <laughs> John Paul, my guy. No, I mean, yeah, to, to hang out with him, which I had the pleasure and honor. To, I traveled with him when he was in the United States even. And to, I mean, to see him in this environment, then you realize how important he was. Mm. I mean, to be in Rome with him, you expect him to be the main guy. But I remember when Lou Rossman, that he he threw a big gala. Mm. He was the head of MCA and then Universal Studio, and Lou Rossman was a, a very heavy in uh, Jewish organized crime. And it was interesting for us to see that he he financed this thing. But we were we were at we have time to tell this very funny story. Yeah, go right ahead. The bottom line is they were selling tickets, Pat, to see the Pope. And it was like $10,000. And another 15000 you got to have a private audience with them. Wow. At, at the Universal Lot. Mm -hmm. They had it up there. So now here comes every dignitary in the world, every movie star in the world. And the attache that travels with the Pope, that you're invited to that. And I was invited to travel. So once all the guests get in, then they introduce the attache, and then the Pope lasts. So when they introduced me, everybody said, how old you get? <laughs> <laughs> Even Sinatra said to me, are you kidding me? Because as, as you know, the document on that wall uh, in my house, right and, here, and yeah. the, it says the, the Count of Adona. I don't even know, you know this, Pat. I have exactly. a credential. They retraced from my family to 1162 from Adona, Sicily. And the Count was vacant for a hundred and something years. So they gave me this gift, which means nothing. But I, I am literally registered at the Vatican as the Count of Adona. Did you, you wow. ever read that? Count you got to read it. I don't so, think I read it closely. No, but the funniest thing, so now, which I thought was even funnier, now we have this whole thing and everybody's saying, they're, not, they're saying, how did he pull this one off? Oh, of course. Because, you know, I did stunts with Sinatra. I land helicopters in, at, the, at Caesar's Palace for his mm -hmm. daughter's party. I like doing stunts. So now they all get called in. They, they, they call them. They have to leave the room and give us an intimacy and some time to. Right. And we all sit in there. And then they reintroduce it again because these were the people who just paid the big bucks. Now you got a whole stadium out there that paid the 10,000, not a stadium, but a couple of thousand people mm -hmm. that paid the 10,000. And again, they can't. And from the count of Adona, Johnny Rooster, the whole room almost started laughing, saying, How did he do this? <laughs> 
Oh, from now on, I'm going to call you the count. Yeah, yeah. right? Count. One, two, But, you know, let me just finish the funniest thing. So now everybody's relaxing and drinking. Sinatra tries to approach the dais. And the, the undercover Interpol that travels with him and the, and the, and the, and the a couple of Mossad, they, they went up to Sinatra and said, Sir, go back to your seat. Oh, my God. He said, I just want to talk to John. He said, Sir, go back to your seat. <laughs> You, you couldn't go ten feet to the table. <laughs> That's incredible. The count, the count is busy right now. Yeah, yeah the no, count's yeah. occupied. It was so funny. <laughs> I think that's a hysterical story. That is, I love that. All right, next one is from Lee. Lee says the Irishman insults anyone who has read more than a couple books on Hoffa. With as much detail as you can, please give us your take on his disappearance. I believe the cremation part. I think he's referring to the film in that aspect. I know. Cremation. Though. Cremation. Well, I heard, I don't know how I know this, there was a Burgundy Buick, and two people were in it, and someone serviced the car prior to them getting in it, and they drilled through the floorboards, through the pile carpet, to the muffler. And they just followed the car until they were intoxicated, and the car slowed, went by itself. Then they pulled the semi trailer truck in front of it, dropped the tailgate, and they pushed the car into this truck, and they took the truck. Pat, where'd they take it, Pat, Staten Island? They bought it. Well, there's, there's uh, rumors. Uh, either it, the car was crushed or they took Hoffa out, and they made him part of the foundation for Giant Stadium. That's not true. But anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> what, what happened is they took the engine block out and the axle, and they left them in the car, and they crushed it. And the friction of the metal and all that, there is no DNA. And then, so on my room, only a rumor, some mob guys knew what was happening and they bid on that pedestal. And somebody has that pedestal in their game room with a four foot by six foot piece of plexiglass, I mean, glass on it. So that's. And, and Jimmy is the pedestal. Oh, yeah. So that's a lot of detail. No, but the bottom yeah. line is, and, and if you're in this gentleman's house, he'll say, let's go down and have a cigar with Hoffa. <gasps> that's crazy. Well, well the, the, the ashtray is on Hoffa. Maybe that's what he means. There you go. You know, my favorite line in, in that movie when uh, De Niro says, three people can keep a secret as two long as two of them dead. are dead. Right. Well, Great line. I, what was the line? I never saw the movie. Say it again, Pat. Yeah. Uh, three, three people can keep a secret as long as two of them are dead. I like that line. I like it too. Me too. It's it's, very, it, I, I wonder who wrote that. It stuck with me. I think I'm, I'm going to steal it. I think I've Why heard not? that before. I don't remember who or has oh, originally said oh, it. Oh, now I know I'm going to steal it. Okay. I think before. it was in another show before. Oh. Well, that that's that's what I've been hearing. I mean, the critics I've been hearing now, and now they're getting, I guess, more liberal with it because they're analyzing it. Most of the things I'm hearing, I don't even want to go see the movie, is that we saw it before. Okay. It's elements of Goodfellas, elements of this and that, and whatever. But hey, God bless them. I hope they win all kinds of awards because we'll be there in two years. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Next one is from Richard. Richard says, I'm a huge rock and roll fan. Did you ever meet any of the Rolling Stones? No, but you did. Why don't you talk to them? I didn't meet them. Oh, no. No, oh. not that band. No, I, I, uh, I, I was never... I was reared at 12 years old listening to Sinatra, and I'm still listening. <laughs> I was not a rock and roller. I was never, it was so funny because I never had like a hot rod. 
You know, yeah. I, I bought a 61 Cadillac and moved right into Rolls Royces and just wanted something <laughs> different. I never did that. But you were never around any of those guys? No. You were around some rock stars. Oh, I, just yeah, because you're, you're, they were yeah, you're doing Vegas, you had to be around somebody. Mm. But just I mean, not that. Elvis, if you call him a rock star, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. First time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next one is from Michael. For Gianni, Michael says, I randomly came across that you were the secret admirer in a Growing Up Gotti episode. Oh my How God. scripted was that? Did you share that you knew her father, but they just didn't air it? No. What that? How that came about was my record label, believe it or not. I cannot believe it. I, I, I did this record. Uh, it's still out there. Um, whatever it is. Uh, 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 reflections or right. something like that. Yeah, it was Reflections. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah, it's, it's sale on Amazon. Yeah, so... Um, my record producer, and he's a nice kid. He's still around, actually, a big producer. And he said, that they want to, they want you to come on Grown Up Gotti. Hmm. I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> and it was a reality show. I wasn't living here at the time. It was, And I don't watch reality shows. And so I, I said, okay, what are we going to do with her? Huh. They said, they want you to be the secret admirer on the show, and then we're going to stage... You appearing in SPQR, which is a friend of mine's on Mulberry Street. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Because mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, you know, what, you know, the whole show was about. Right. And I didn't know they were staging me as being the secret admirer. They're sending her flowers to her house. And <laughs> it's all about I, the Victoria Gotti. Yeah, yeah. That okay. was her show. Oh, my God. We're not kids. Yeah. So then she comes to my show, and I see her, and I don't care who hears it. I'm saying, I wouldn't even go out with her. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't the prettiest girl in the world. Okay. But anyway, no, I knew nothing about the the punchline. Well, they did the same thing with the with the Kardashians. Yeah, I think there was a question in here about that too. I, I they, they had me on a couple of Kardashians, and a a, a a good friend of mine is a good friend of his, and I liked that kid Scott. I hung out with him a couple of times. I met the girls. I knew the girls. They used to come to my house when they were kids. When their father, when I had the house in two hundred six. Um, in Beverly, I don't want to give that address. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do No, that. but they used to come. With OJ and all those people would come there. But I don't know what's going on now with them, but they asked me to be there. And I liked the idea of going to that show. But then I found out they were trying to make it seem like I was Scott's illegitimate father. Oh, and God. my kids would have went crazy. <laughs> yeah, saying, right. wait a minute, Dad, another one? <laughs> but anyway. Get online. Oh, goodness. Okay, next one is from Alexin for Gianni, and he asks, how important was the way that you dressed in the mob? Very important. And I, the old Sicilians, I had two guys that were very close to me in Europe that taught me how to dress. One was Johnny Agnelli, Fiat Motor Company, and another guy was a man called Ugo Buffa, who's passed on now. I'd never talked to him before that, about him, unless he was dead. But... He taught me something that I could never believe, and I was wondering why all the mob bosses, and I bet you 99% of our audience is not going to even understand what I'm about to say. All these old-time guys had a right, if you were right-handed, your right-hand pinky finger was very long, the nail. The nail, mm-hmm. And I said, I thought they were doing coke with it because Sammy did that all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. But it was the show they didn't do have to do hard labor. Okay. 
And that was like an aristocracy thing. I never knew that. And Maybe. then, but the, the, the way they dress, and the old man told me, he says, I don't care if you can only afford one suit, make sure it's a great suit, make sure it's not wrinkled, and that's it. So it was important. Appearance was always, I think it is still the first impression. I think I've always gone by that. Yeah. Is it true uh, that uh, suits are favored over sport jackets? Now, yeah. Well, thank God they're wearing sports jackets. Because, you know, nobody's dressing anymore. That's true. And that's why, I mean, sports jackets came in where you, you're semi-dressed, at least you're halfway there. Right. I, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I myself, I, I, I love color, and I only used to wear color during the summer because mm. that was a whole Agnelli thing. And to me, I, I find myself now even wearing great sports coats with heavy cords, Purple, red. Yeah, you yeah. do have a lot of colors. On. I love color. Yeah. I always did. I always like color. Hmm. Hello, everybody. I just want you to be aware I will be at Falls View Casino in Niagara Falls on February 7th, a Saturday night. Go to fallsviewcasinoandresort.com, find out the information, and you better show up. Because if you don't, you may find a horse's head in your bed. All right. Next one is from Steve for Pat. Steve says, I've been listening to the podcast since day one. You guys work well off of each other. Question. I've played with the idea of becoming a private investigator. I have no police experience. Is there a way to get into the business without having been a cop? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, everybody assumes that it's a natural transition from police work into PI work. And it is. I mean, that's, that's how I did it. But you don't have to be. For, for instance, the people that I employ on a part-time basis, none of them have uh, any law enforcement background. And generally, the depending on what state you are, but the general rule is if you haven't had any law enforcement experience, you can work for a licensed PI for three years and be able to document it by your the reports that you write, etc. After three years, you can apply for your own license and get it that way. Uh, so... But isn't it? I think yeah. it's more advantageous to be a cop because you still can carry your gun and shield, and and you well, have connections. You can pick up phone calls and ask for favors. Well, that's the that's the important thing. You know, I spent twenty years in the NYPD. I never threw away a business card, and I never forgot a source. You know, if somebody told me that they worked for a specific, I don't want to go into the details, but a specific utility or they worked for a specific company, I never forgot these people. I send them a Christmas cards. They stay in touch because. It was sources of information. Oh, yeah. Now, you can't do that as a, a, a civilian one day you wake up and decide you're going to be a PI. This business is all about information. Those of you who ha uh, have been to my website, condorpi.com, you'll see what I do, and it's all intelligence work. Mm. It's wow. all good because people want to know things that they can't find out themselves. Absolutely. You know, you can always follow around cheating husbands and wives, and that's the, that's the dirty end of the business. We all do it. But the object, and Gianni's 100% correct, who do you know? Hmm. And you know people by because, by having once been a police officer. No, that's, and even, even I, I found that out, my connections with the Vatican and even Interpol and all that, just as friendly people. You know, I was an actor after so many years, and I met so many people, but I, I pick up the phone a lot of times and just call them, and can you run a plate or can you? <laughs> you know, I just want to know. But uh, I, I think that's got to be a great advantage. 
you know, but it, it, it requires law enforcement background. Right. Never burn a bridge. That's what I learned. Always, always keep in touch. Yeah, you're going to need these people that's one day. Good advice. And, but, you know, they, they don't do this out of the goodness of their hearts. They get paid for it. I have another saying like that. What? Don't slam the door. You may have to go back in. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. There you go. True <laughs> words were never spoken. <laughs> All right. So next question is from John for Gianni. John says, did you know Anthony Tulve, the brother of Angeline and Sam Giancana's brother-in-law? Very specific. I'm not a member of the family. I didn't get a Christmas card from him either. That's, a, that's, that's too many times removed. <laughs> yeah. So now? No, definitely okay. no. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, Joseph says, there was an article from Esquire that said that the Irishman left out the full story of the disastrous Angelo Bruno and Frank Sedone murders. Is there anything you can tell us about those? Angelo Bruno, I would tell you, if, uh, but if I could, I, I can't. No. No, Angelo Bruno, it's funny because Angelo Bruno um, was partners with some other friends of mine in some legitimate businesses, actually. Angelo he was Bruno, a boss of the Philadelphia mob, right? Right, yeah. At one time. Yeah. Mm. All right, so next one is from Carla Reggiani. Um, and this has been a pretty frequently asked question recently I've seen. What can you tell us about the Don Corleone food products and where can we find it? Well, that's good now. I mean, we're in 12 states, fortunately, now. And um, being that we are, we're going to be advertising now along with um, so many people. I mean, we're in New York, we're in Chicago. Just call your food distributors or, or go to your supermarket and tell them you want it. I mean... We're now in actual 12 states on the shelves. Greco and Son is our main distributor in Chicago. So if you're really interested, just call them and they'll tell you our outlets. I know in the five states up here now, we're with Ace Indico and uh, they're in uh, Brewster, New York. So call them and you'll know. We're running all the Gristiti stores in New York now. Yeah, it isn't all that difficult. I mean, I went to... Uh well, I, I uh, frequent this uh, uh, steakhouse around here, and I asked him if they had uh, Don Corleone vodka. He looked at me like I had two heads. I explained to him what the vodka is and how great it is. And it really is very good. I said, you really have to get this stuff in here. The next time I went, they had it. Really? So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, I was there Saturday night. So how, how difficult can it, can it be? No, you, you can get it. Phone call, you talk to the owner of the establishment, depending on what you want. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, yeah, see, they'll, they'll just go to their yeah. distributor to you. get it. In fact, I, it's yeah. funny you should say that. I did a show this past uh, Friday night, for, talking about mobsters, mm-hmm. the Ballesteri brothers from uh, um, Milwaukee, and I sang for them 30 years ago. And they owned a, a hotel called the Fista Hotel, which I was a guest at this weekend. And I sang at the Crown Room. So the Crown Room has now been converted to something else. But they own a restaurant called Moe's uh, Place for Steak in Milwaukee. Hmm. It's like New York. Great piano bar and all that. So they found out I was coming to Outpost grocery stores in their area. <laughs> so it's out there. Right. Oh and, no, it's easy. All you do is. And I went and did a show there Friday night. That's stuff. great. But I think people are thinking that it's online somewhere. Not yet. Right. We're gonna, we're creating so that's what we want to kind of. Yeah, we make didn't. Known. We wanted. We didn't want to bastardize all the retail stores we're going to, and I want to always treat them fairly. Right. And that's because I mean, online is killing the brick and mortar, and mm-hmm. I'm a friend yeah. to brick and mortar and landlords. Hmm. But uh, so. 
Yeah, I would just call Greco and Son in Chicago. Or now this, uh, we're here in the East Coast. In fact, we're as far as Rhode Island, the five states up here. And I'm on my way to open in Arizona all the AJ and Basha stores, 180 stores down there in Arizona. We're in San Francisco already, too. Wow. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, a go, it's doing well, let's put it that way. And I'm, I'm not the owner of it or anything. I'm just a brand ambassador, just in case the FBI is listening. <laughs> All right. I understand the FBI is a big fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I understand they're recording it. <laughs> yeah, hard to believe, huh? Oh, goodness. All right, next one. All right, next one's from Carla. For Gianni, Carla asks, what was your favorite scene to film in The Godfather? You know, my favorite scene, it may sound crazy, because if we all know the film, as I do, the only film, I, the only part of the movie I think I acted in was the closing scene with, Marlon, with uh, Michael. Mm. And Marlon Brando was my teacher to it, and he showed me all of the tricks of the trade because, you know, any actor who's going to do that scene knows the end of the scene. You're dead. Right. But how are you not going to relay that on a screen right. prior to it? Mm. So and he tr taught me a lot of things about that. But th that he, was my favorite scene as an actor. Yeah, well, uh, my Brando life. was right off mm. camera when you were doing that, right? Oh, yeah. Brando came to the set that day, and everybody was saying, who, who made a mistake and put him on a call sheet? But he just came he, on his own? Well, he wanted to come support to watch me. watch you do it? Oh, wow. No, he, no. Was that a lot of pressure for you? Pressure? You know what pressure is to me? A guy holding a forty-five in his hand shaking, <laughs> and he's aiming it at me. <laughs> well put. You're fearless. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care about Brad. We're all human beings. I was his friend by then. Yeah, that's true. You've improved in the beginning. You are, but I wasn't intimidated. But that's right. Uh, yeah. The rehearsal. Right. You, you, hey, you're going to fire me. You got problems. <laughs> Especially, I told everybody it was in the movie. Nobody believed it anyway. Mm -hmm. Now I think they do. Yeah, I think I think they might believe <laughs> it think? now. A little bit. All right. Next one is from Renee. For Gianni, Renee asks, "How did you and Dion Warwick meet?" Oh, that's insane. Dion Warwick and I, and, and, and not, actually, I, let me correct my grammar. Dion Warwick, uh, George Hamilton, and myself mm -hmm. was doing a show called Celebrity Sweepstakes. It was like my first game show. I never did it. They hire you, come, you go on a Sunday or a Saturday when you're not working on a movie, mm -hmm. and you go and you do five shows straight out. And you're, you're supposed to just change your shirt or your jacket. Me, I took five suits with me. I, 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 <laughs> of course I, you did. I changed everything. And Dion was sitting in the middle, and George Hamilton's on one side, I'm on the other side. If you could try to find it, it's a hysterical show. So, and George Hamilton and I, believe it or not, were darker than her. We, our tans were so dark. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in, a, we're in our break, and I said to Dion, I said, Dion, you got me in more trouble in my life. She says, how'd I do that? And she's very snippy. Anybody who knows her knows I'm telling the truth. And she said, how do you do that? And then her nostrils spread when she gets arrogant. I said, well, I used to listen to you in the backseat of my car making love to my girlfriends. Between you and Johnny Mathis, you had the greatest movie for parking. She smacked me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what was that for? She said, that's rude. I said, well, and then not me, I went the other way and I said, Oh really? I said, How come you're not a star anymore? Oh 
You have no label. You have nothing. And that turned it right around. I said, I can manage you better than anybody right now. And I did. And that's when How she, long were you with her? I, excuse me, let's clarify that. Manager, 15 yes, years. Yes, manager. No, 15. What, the idea was to just pair her. She was she was getting old. I mean, Burt Baccarat and her had a big falling out. That was done. And if you think about it, she did duets. Barry Manilow, the Bee Gees. She got into, like Bennett did. It's a great thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tony's son said, Dad, you're going to fall off the, 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 the radar. And that's when he started pairing them up. As we all know, Lady Gaga and all the other records. And that's when all the movies, all the singers started doing these albums. Sinatra, everybody sang, sang with Sinatra. And then every hit, and we because she never loved this way again. Then, uh, then uh, she had a, a TV show called uh, Solid Gold, which mm. was on the air for two years. And then we all thought we would support Elizabeth Taylor with Amphar for AIDS. And I saw Quincy Jones just recently at Cipriani's, and we all realized we gave the biggest hit wreck it away. Nobody got a dime on that. Stevie Wonder, that's what friends are for. All the money went to for a great cause, but that's uh, how I met her on a celebrity. How long, how long did and you What manage? a story. Well, we, uh, I, we had a company, which is interesting. This is going to surprise a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We had a company called December 12th. Nice date. Frank Sinatra's birthday, her <laughs> birthday, and my birthday all December 12th. Frank Sinatra was a big influence in her life. Really? Yeah, she used to call him for advice. He was a lot to he he was a good mentor to a lot of uh people in the industry. Mm. But that's it. That's a great story. All right, so next one is from Cindy for Patrick. Cindy says, I've read all of your books and have loved them. Thanks for the entertainment. Anything new in the future? Also, I've been told I write well and I'm considering writing a book. Any tips? Yeah, the main tip is the same tip I got is write every day. Uh, just just keep writing. If you have talent, eventually a publisher will buy your product. And that, I'm, I'm not just saying that. It's true. If you have the talent, but you have to be persistent. I, uh, I can't tell you. I mean, I have hundreds of rejection slips before I ever published the book. In fact, I wrote three books before I ever published the book. Hmm. Uh, so you have to keep at it. And if you've got it, you'll be a success. If you give up, which is very easy to do. I mean, if you have any kind of an ego, uh, this is a tough business to be in because you get slammed, just like being uh, in the acting business. Oh, yeah. Any creative right. You have to have always a, tell you, you suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah I mean, it's There's terrible. so many people out there that can do what you do, so you have to do it a little bit better. Mm. So to answer the question, what am I doing now? I've, uh, I had written two detective novels in a series that I never published. I just wrote them. Mm. And uh, they're out now. I decided to self-publish them. They're on Amazon. Oh, you're so really? One is called Bloodshot Eyes. You didn't oh, tell I me read this. them, Pat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I never had. Why don't you, know, don't you promote them on the show? Yeah, please do. Okay. Okay. Then I'll, you know, in the future, I'll bring them up every now and then. It's a detective series about a, a retired NYPD lieutenant and Vietnam vet. Now, how do I get these ideas? Wow. I wonder where that that's inspiration an original story. came from. Yeah. Like, that's Would you look in the mirror one day? I create. Uh, anyway, the first one, uh, Bloodshot Eyes, is based on a case I worked for, Penthouse Magazine. I just fictionalized it. And the second one is a 
sequel to the first. It was intended to be a series. Only I got involved with writing other books about, uh, you know, collaborating with people like I collaborated with Johnny and uh, other people. But mm -hmm. I decided to put these out there. I, I, I thought I mentioned it anyway. No, you didn't. Eyes. I hope you put on the page. The pop line and they're available on Amazon. I hope so. you put on the cover uh, co-writer of the best-selling yeah, best current book, Hollywood Godfather. <laughs> you know, I didn't do that. I figured everybody would know who I am by this time, but you're right. I should have done that. Well, they uh, do know who you are, but that would have been, a, yeah. I, I think, a, a feather in your cap. Yeah, yeah, that certainly would have. But I can always change the cover. Because, uh, oh, that's cheap. It's only one page. Another cover. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I'm doing. And awesome. uh, Johnny and I have, have uh, projects that we're working on for the future. But uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. If you, if you want to write, write. And that's the last word. Very good. All right, so next question is from Jeremy for Gianni. Jeremy says, it seems as though you've had a lot of friends over the years, many of which have since passed away. Who would you say are your closest friends today? Wow. Well, Pat and I became close over the last two years. I was, yeah, very, yeah. We talk. Um, that's a great question. And there's so few people. I, I let few people in my life because I hate disappointment. Mm -hmm. So before I could say you're my friend, I really vet you. I, I could say your father's my friend. <laughs> what about me? Well, you, you think that friend? Okay, I respect Are you. Are we like, not friends? <laughs> I, I think you're like my daughter or my niece. Your family to me. Okay, it's well, I like that. Way, way beyond. I like that. Way then. beyond. But friend. yeah, my dad's definitely your friend. Yeah. I think. But that's mm -hmm. I. What? Anybody else? That's no, it? No, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Are you talking about friends or lovers? Friends. friends no, friends. 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 Yeah. All right. Next question is from Thomas. Thomas says, for Gianni, have you ever met Michael Franzis? Oh, my God. I'd Am I spit in his face. Michael Franzis. <laughs> no, I mean, Michael, I mean, I, I, met, I probably met Michael through the years. Don't remember him. I know him more now than I've ever done because of Patrick Bed David. Mm -hmm. And I respect his father so much. I don't know if I could ever forgive anybody. Not alone Mike. I mean, I have no animosity towards Michael. I don't know the guy. I, in fact, he, he became very friend, good friends and became his agent, was my first agent, Jack Gelati. Really? And he's done for Very films. smart guy, too. Yeah. And uh, with that said, it's no Mike. I mean, I don't. I just can't condone anybody do what he did. Mm. I don't know. I know his father. But All right, M Michael Franchese is like. Well, he was an underboss, mm -hmm. major mob guy. Mm. Okay. All right. Next one is from Paula for Pat. Paula says. Do you have any close relatives that were in the mafia? If you do, how do you reconcile being a police officer with your family background? Was it hard to get on the NYPD? Did you ever work undercover against the mob? Oh boy, that's a lot of questions. No, I never worked undercover against the mob. I worked undercover uh, against the Chinese mob. I, I don't know if the listeners know this, but I'm not Chinese. <laughs> uh, Johnny, are you aware of that? that I'm not uh, yeah, I know that. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was uh, I played the role of a crooked cop selling pistol licenses, and I I, uh, I worked with the the worst of the worst, the guy named Johnny Eng, spelled N G. Uh, he was on the FBI's ten most wanted list after I worked with him because he got tipped 
that he was going to get locked up and he fled. He went back to the People's Republic of China and they've been looking for him ever since. I mean, I've been out of the job since 1988, so that's how long he's been on the lam. So I he knows you, though, does he yet? Uh, in, in, in the life? Yeah, I, well, I, I had a cousin that I recall. I was, they kept me away from that. I was a kid. My father died when I was 14. And after that, we sort of... Oh, I never knew that. ...that side of the family. But I had a cousin. Uh, they called him Sonny. And they called him Sonny because he spent uh, a large part of, portion of his life in solitary confinement. And, <laughs> and his eyes went bad. He could, couldn't go out into the sunlight. He always wore shades. And I used to see him around a lot. But, you know, there's a, you come from that neighborhood, as Johnny will attest to. While you might not have any immediate family involved, everybody you know is involved. Yeah. So uh, I guess like the two of us, we had an opportunity to go that way. Uh, I went the total opposite way. Uh, that, 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 that life, it truthfully sort of scared me because I saw where these guys wound up. Well, Either that's interesting you should say or, that. Or ostracized from their own families. So I wanted to get away from it, and I went the opposite way, and I became a police officer. You know, a, a good example of uh, a police officer who has family ties was uh, uh, one of the mafia cops. Right. It was Eppolito, right? Uh, Louis Eppolito. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, he bragged about it, and look where it got him. Yeah, right. Uh, R.I.P. died about a month ago. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, I go down there occasionally when I'm in New York, and I still know a lot of people that have connections, but that never interested me, and I never got involved with it, and that was basically it. Mm. Well, I'm glad that Frank Costello and Carlo Gambino watched out for me because I could have just fell into that life so easy. Right. It was so easy. It was a, and, yeah, you know, the easy I, money, easy women, easy yeah. everything. Everything, and especially with me, was I was at the Copa almost every night. Mm-hmm. That, that was ground zero for the And that was ground yeah. zero. So you right. see, no, but not, I mean, you, Megan, you can never understand. Mm. The room could be f- packed. And when these guys come in, they carry tables and put them on the stage. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, it was a known th- thing. I mean, I remember D. Martin and Jerry Lewis one night on stage, they seen tables full up, and where they they needed more room because Jerry r- runs around. Mm-hmm. And he said, what am I going to do? He's just staying there and do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There, so. there was a, uh, a great opening scene. Well, it wasn't at the opening. It was close to the beginning of the movie, Goodfellas. Mm. Where uh, 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 Hill wants to impress this this woman that he eventually marries, but they have a, one one of the longest single shots ever filmed uh, for a, for a uh, for a movie, where uh, uh, Henry Hill is escorting his uh, his girlfriend from the entrance of the Copa through all the underground labyrinth uh, turns, lefts and rights, through the kitchen, downstairs. yeah into the Copa where there's absolutely no room left and a waiter comes with a table on his head and puts the table right up against the stage. Throws oh, a no. tablecloth over it. There you and go. And there you go. That's the way it yeah. was. So yeah. now imagine me being 14, 15 years old. These guys dressed, they're throwing money around to everybody. Mm. I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, how do you... You, you come from the, the, the place where we grew up and you see these guys flashing these rolls around and the cars they're driving, it's an easy life to, 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 to transition into. into. That's funny when you school. just said that. You don't because, need to work. You don't yeah. need anything special. You just right. in, ni- in, in, in 1965, Pat, what What's you were that? just, in 1965, I saw all through my life, people pulling, because, you know, the Copa, 
everybody went there. I mean, the DuPonts. I mean, they're, they're limousines, Rolls Royces. Mm-hmm. And I said, I ain't gonna buy Cadillacs no more. I'm, I bought one. I bought one for myself. Wow. Then I had a '65, which was insane to have a, a Bentley limousine. <laughs> Nobody had that. <laughs> anyway, we had parked it thing. <laughs> I never did. I didn't care about parking. My my friends own Kenny Garages in here. They told me wow. they gave me a pass. Pull anywhere you want, just park it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all that the ashtrays get sold, you buy a new one. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it for tonight. We had a lot of good questions. Oh, no, good th- questions. really, thank you all. And this is going to be our segment, and uh, we're going to do a commercial on Pat's new book out. What is it, Pat? There's two of them uh, in a series. The first one is called Bloodshot Eyes, and the second one is called The Pop Line, P-O-P. And it's about a, uh, uh, a private detective, former NYPD uh, police officer. And I, I think you'll enjoy them. One of them is based on fact, and the other one is strictly fiction. And they're on Amazon, right? They're on Amazon now, yes. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And I want to th- do a shout-out to... Uh, the Rosalind Hotel for hiring me on a Sunday afternoon, March 9th. You're going to see... February 9th, correct? No, March March. March 9th, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought March I was confused 9th. with a different date. No, yeah, you are. Well, if you, if you want to February, go... We're on February, February 9th, 7th. Go ahead. We're at the uh, Falls View Casino in Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. And as of today, I'm at Atlantic City at the Resorts International okay. on the 17th and 18th. I have nothing to do. I, I was just oh. going to say you want me to paint houses, but that's the wrong thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you. Keep subscribing. Keep staying tuned. Pat, I love you. I love Megan, you too, buddy. I love you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> love you too. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. Without exemption, I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway. But more, much more than this, I did it my way. Oh, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I can chew. But through it all, when there were doubt, I ate it up and spit it out, and I stood tall, and through it all, I did it my way.
To all my friends out there who are in the neighborhood, or I hope it's your neighborhood, I'll be at the Roslyn Hotel in Roslyn, New York, February 9th at 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon. You gotta come for the old-style Italian dinner. It's a show, an offer you can't refuse. So go to their website, which is myfathersplace.com, make your reservations. This is this February 9th in a couple of weeks on a Sunday afternoon.